SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. The greatest sound in sports comes in a flashing light. It's Light the Lamp with Brian Blessing and Cam Stewart. Here we go, folks. It is Light the Lamp. And we are thrilled to be with you on the Sports Grid Radio Network Series, Channel 204. And then there were four. Right now, there's two. Brian Blessing and Cam Stewart. We're glad to be with you. I'm in Las Vegas. Cam is up in Toronto. The final four, I guess, Cameron, we figured Tampa Bay. Yeah. Vegas. Maybe. Certainly was in the equation. Yep, for sure. Islanders had potential. Yeah, didn't lie. Let's be honest. We didn't this year. I was kind of like I put a I put a line through the Islanders. I can't lie. And then I know. And well, you know what? That East Division was pretty grisly, and they got out of the East. But Montreal, they're the Cinderella kids. They're the long shot, twelve to one to win the cup in the final four. They have a date with the Golden Knights, and Montreal will be having fans at their games. The funny thing is, but and we're gonna dive into everything. Uh, the first thing, the big takeaway for me heading to the Final Four is the four Canadian players, when they show up in Vegas on Monday night, they better be wearing earplugs, pal, because they haven't dealt really with fans other than a handful in the last couple of games, and they're going to be walking into this insanity. Yeah, it's true, but, you know, maybe they can feed off it, right? It's one of those things that yeah. you could take the crowd out of it if they get, like, early goals in the game. And, you know, Montreal, it's kind of like what we talk about. I know their quest isn't done, but they're playing with house money. Ex- people expected them to lose to the Leafs. All of us in the hockey world did. Like, nobody liked Montreal. And then the Jets, we kind of go, yeah, yeah, I think they could beat Winnipeg, Brian. We were right on that one, but I didn't see this coming at all. And same with the Islanders. Like, they've been making us money, but I just didn't think, you know, they had enough uh, to get by, and they switched. They made the goaltending switch. Sorokin's out. They put in Varlamov. It turned out to be a great move. And all the players, let's give Lou Lamorello credit. It's funny. When, it, it's amazing to me how the old guys still continue to get it done. Like, look at the Leafs and Kyle Dubas. Oh, he's so smart. What a, what a numbers guy. Sabermetrics and uh, analytics. And, they, yeah, you know what? You're in the same place you were before. How about a hockey guy with an eye and an ear knows what moves to make at the deadline, right, Brian? Sometimes it's one of those things, all this new generation, oh, do this, do that. Yeah, computers can help you out a little bit, but you still need to have hockey sense, and I think he's done a great job building that team for the playoffs. Believe me, there's so many ways to dissect what we've seen, what we're about to see, and then we could even get into the expansion draft, mm-hmm. and I believe blockbusters are going to be happening on draft day. But sometimes, Cam, keep it simple, stupid. Yes. How about that's our theory? <laughs> how, well, and we qualify. <laughs> yes, that's yes, why we, we see eye to eye. You know what? Think about it. Flurry, Vasilevsky, Varlamov, Carey Price. Yep. Excellent. Uh, you can make a case for the best in the league. They're the four best. I mean, it, it, they're three of the four. You'd say the best, and Varlamov is capable of being like that. 
I agree. 100%. You said it, Carey Price was the best goalie for a long time. He's found his form. Marc-Andre Fleury, arguably the best. And yeah, so the two guys, what? Uh, two guys in the Vesna. We talk about Vasilevsky for Tampa Bay, Fleury uh, for the Vegas Golden Knights, and uh, the, the other guy, <laughs> Carey Price is a legend, and and uh, Varlamov can be really, really good. So yeah, no, I agree 100% with what you're saying. And when I look at Colorado, the thing that really surprised me, Brian, I, I, I'm an idiot. Like, Everyone told me, like my buddy Vince, who you met, like everyone was on Vegas. I really thought it was going to go to game seven. And then the more I thought about it, I'm like, I got to get out of this. Like when they tied it up again, I'm like, I got to get on Vegas because they're the better team. And we talk about it like Grubauer, he's okay, but he's still not that guy. Like people, I think, ascended him to a level. And Colorado's defense to me was the biggest, biggest problem. I can't believe, like I'm watching Gerard play. Like these guys are out of position. Vegas had every loose puck. Like there's still work to do with that team. Everyone wants to anoint Colorado this superior club. But uh, Brian, when push comes to shove, these guys, they're very similar. I hate to say it. They're like the Leafs with more talent. They just don't get it done in the playoffs. They don't get it done. At the end of the day, he's a Vesna finalist, had a great year. But really the difference in the series, Flurry was better. And Philip Grubauer kind of turned into Hans Gruber. <laughs> fall, fall, falling off the building and knocking Tommy plazas like that's what happened hans gruber yeah that first that first goal i'm like oh god like, oh I, know, my Lord. I, I know i know you, you i know you get screened but he didn't know where the puck was it's like he was in a different dimension i'm like dude like uh i, I gotta tell you you're right brian like grubauer everyone like oh look at grubauer the growth of grubauer no no he's He's Philip Grubauer. Do you think if he was that great, Washington would have got rid of him? He's an okay goaltender. I'm not going to say he's crap. I'm not going to say he's good. He's all right. He's somewhere in the middle and in the last couple games in the series, poor. But that's what happened. So, you know, Brian, as much as I do, goaltending means more than anything. Like, look at Fleury in the games that he steals. He does it again. Colorado came out with the chances that they had. They were fantastic, right? And he just makes big saves. He might let in one loose goal every now and then, but who cares? Because everything else he saves, man, this guy's elite. The Pittsburgh Penguins still banging their head against the wall forever getting rid of him. There's an irony to that series, and we only get about a minute in this segment. Yeah. But well, we got all show, pal. We got I, all show, pal. No, well, I'm just giving you a heads up to yeah. on the answer here. But McKinnon, let's say he's going to be second to win the heart, right? Yeah, yeah McDavid's, McDavid's winning gonna, well, for, for, for fun, yes. Mark, Mark Stone is going to win the Selkie. Stone could have been in the in the heart discussion. I agree. Ways, but Hart, or I mean, you had the Stone, totally took McKinnon out of the series. He did. Uh, Stone's a complete player, and that's the thing. I got to be honest, Brian, we were really high on McKinnon, but at the end, Vegas found a way to lock him down, and uh, it seemed like he ran out of gas. Yeah, we'll dive more into the abs and what it means for them because they're going to be mm. a contender for a long time, but you've got to figure this thing out in the playoffs because you get scarred, and sometimes history can repeat itself. All right, we're going to take a timeout. We're off to the race. We're always thrilled to be with you on the Sports Grid Radio Network and Sirius 204. Talking about the Stanley Cup semifinals, we are fired up, ready to rock and roll, breaking down these series here on Light the Land. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
back with you on Light the Lamp, Brian Blessing and Cam Stewart. And we're excited about the Final Four in the Stanley Cup playoffs. And let's finish up on Colorado for just yeah, we Yeah, I think we have to talk about Colorado as a favorite, Brian, and a team yeah. that, like, if we talk about tickets that people had, the hockey betters across the world, Colorado was the number one team. Everybody had Colorado. You, me, everybody. Anybody who watches all the hockey games had Colorado, but you started to get the feeling because we do watch so much that something just wasn't right. Like, as the series progressed, I know, you met my buddy Vince, we talk about, he said the same thing. He's like, listen, man, I like, Vegas is a better hockey team than them. They're a better team. They do everything better as a team. Colorado has great individuals as a team. I still think they're lacking. And as I said before, Brian, I was very disappointed with their defense. Like Gerard was out of, out of position on all those goals for Vegas in game six. I look at these guys, Vegas, they, got, they won all the puck battles in front of the net. Grubauer, he didn't know what was going on in the final games of the series. So this Colorado team, and we love Joe Sackett, can he put together a good one? But it almost feels to me, I don't know if I'm going to say this, they, they, like Vegas could put anybody on any line, whereas Colorado, in my opinion, is just a little bit top heavy. Like, as you progress down, their third and fourth line players, I don't think, is, are as good as, you know, other uh, teams. You know what? It's kind of debatable. I, well, I would say the Islanders' four lines were the, better than the Bruins' top yes. line collectively. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe Colorado's got enough depth. And the one thing in that series, and, and I think it, this is a worthy discussion because Colorado's going to be in this discussion for years to come here. Mm-hmm. But they're going to have to figure some things out. The bottom line is Vegas had to win that game on Thursday night, Cam, because I kept saying McKinnon is a ticking time bomb. And you don't want to go and you don't want to play game seven on the road in the whole nine yards in the last change. But you were giving McKinnon one more game to figure it out. And, oh, by the way, McKinnon and McCarr got it going. McKinnon showed up in game six. Vegas was able to get it done, and we'll get into what they're doing. But with Colorado, Makar is amazing. Gerard, offensive. There is an MO on how to beat them. And Vegas, to their credit, figured it out after the first game. I mean, think about it. What what would the odds have been, Cam, that Vegas is down 2-0 in the series? They should have won game two. Game one was a throw. Vegas should have won game two. So they're deflated but come home. And they find a way to win four in a row. And there were key moments in the series we'll talk about. But what kind of odds would you have gotten on Colorado spitting the bit in four straight? Colorado up two to nothing against Vegas. So they were already favored slightly in the series. What do you think, Brian? Plus for Vegas, plus 520? I, I, hey, they, it's a betting story. They were down. Vegas was down two nothing in game five. Mm-hmm. Go into the third period. And I got him at plus 880 to win that yeah. game. <laughs> exactly. That's the best. You're at, you're at the watch party. Hey, everybody, you got a live betting app? Why don't we just take Vegas? You know, you're there. <laughs> bang, bang. And then they win in overtime. It's like these casinos must be going, oh, my God. That's another oh, yeah, thing, right? Like, that's a, yeah, oh, yeah. Exactly. So what do they do? They're like, yeah, we love the Vegas Golden Knights. Meanwhile, they're in the, in the restroom. I mean, just damn. Well, they're calling the guy with the Coke, up, Coke bottle glasses, the, the math guy that does the algorithms on the live. <laughs> what are you doing? 
doing? Exactly. Can you lower it $2, please? <laughs> no, it's honestly crazy. Like, I, I, I think about, like, Vegas there, you know, betting is uh, definitely regional. But, and now you're at home with all these new betting apps and stuff like that. Oh, God. I'm, I don't feel sorry for the sports books, but they're also just getting over COVID. And then you have it open up and everybody's cleaning house. The professional team that you got is, like, winning and they're down. And Oh, my God. Yeah, let's wait, just, wait, let's wait, just wait. say uh, they're, they're not doing great. You know, the, now, do you give Colorado a mini pass in that this year because of the, the division nonsense? No, I don't, Brian. They, Everybody they, had to deal with it. But they, but they had, I know, but they had to run into Vegas in the second round. Too bad. But, uh, That's okay, life. Uh, all right. <laughs> yeah. But here's the deal. Vegas figured it out that they had to simplify things and play more of a dump and chase game. Colorado mm-hmm. figured it out, but too late. I'm watching for two games, Cam. I mean, I'm – come on, man. I'm dumb, but I ain't stupid. And we've watched these games. Bednar's a brilliant coach, and I'm watching these games. Vegas wins the third. Vegas wins the fourth. Now they go home for the fifth game, and I'm going, this adjust – you don't have to be tinkering lines. This adjustment for Colorado's easy. I'm watching this. The entire game was like – you ever watch a team – that drives you nuts on the power play. They get the power play and they spend the first minute and 40 seconds trying to skate it in. Exactly. Poke, check, and turn it over. Poke, check, turn it over. Down the ice it goes. And then with about 20 seconds left in the power play, they dump it in. They go get it set up and get one shot. You're like, why didn't you do that at the beginning? Colorado tried to skate through Vegas, who was standing up to the blue line, and the forwards were coming on the back end of these guys with back checks in the neutral zone. And Colorado's trying to skate it in, make plays at the blue line, and they couldn't even get it in the zone. Like, after, like, a period of watching that, it took them two and a half games to figure out, dump the damn thing in. And once they started dumping it in, you know, Colorado had them on the ropes in game five. Colorado should have been up 5 nothing in game five. Flurry let them hang around, and Vegas came back and won. Yeah, and, and, and Colorado got cute, too. Like, you saw the things that they did, right, Brian? Like, the passes that were hitting skates and stuff. Like, there's a way to simplify a hockey game, but they, they didn't really do. And, you know, I also look at look at Kadri. He really hurt his team with that suspension, right? Like, they find a way to win that game. He comes back for game seven. I'm not going to say it would have put them over the top because he hasn't played hockey in a long period of time. But it would have been another great addition and a guy that's physical. But – the problem with Colorado is just every year it's something different, right? They have a they have a goaltender get hurt, then they have Hutch, and Grubauer starts to play good, then it's their defense. Bednar starts to freak out a little bit, tinkers with the lines because he's rattled. Like, I really don't know. Colorado obviously is an elite team. Just for Vegas, is, they could be the best team in the National Hockey League now. But, Brian, it doesn't matter, though. The bottom line is these guys are favorites all the time, and they don't and they don't get the job done, correct? Yeah. That's, that's, that's the bottom line. It's, it's well, all about at the end, wins and losses, and uh, they are favored and they don't win. So I think there's a lot of question marks. Like, I like the back end with McCarr, but a couple of the other guys that they have there just really played bad hockey in the playoffs. They got, mus- they got out-muscled by Vegas' uh, guys. Like, Alex Tuck, like, see how physical he was? He's just slapping these guys around. That's the one well, thing. Like, Colorado you know, has offensive defensemen, but I don't think they're very tough, if you listen, get my – The playoffs, the games are different, Cam. And they ho- are. Hockey IQ means something. Like – Okay, the 3-2, the game-winning goal in overtime in game five. And the kid, I like the kid, Graves. He's inconsistent. but he's uh, He is very inconsistent. He, I agree. But you've got to be able to read the play, read the game. Mm-hmm. First, first of all, just g- generally speaking, it's overtime. Uh, so if the shot lane's not there and you're not convinced it's going to get through, dump it in the corner. 
On top of it, the guy you're trying to get it through is like Velcro is stone. Stone blocks it. Then he gets the puck back. He tries to do it again, and it gets blocked again, and Stone sees him standing flat-footed. At the end of a 50-second shift, he takes off. Pacioretty hits him, goal game over. That should never happen. All he had to do was dump it in the corner. Mm -hmm. You're right. That's what we talk about, like simplifying a hockey game, right? I think Colorado, a lot of their problems, too, is they do a lot of fancy stuff. Like, if you look at Vegas in comparison, then, Brian, like, look at the way Vegas generates shots, right? It's just pressure and boom, boom, boom. I'm not saying Colorado doesn't, but I think a lot of the time that extra pass is something they do. Um, I see it all the time, and it, it doesn't work. In the playoffs, like you talk about it, like, look, look how Vegas scored that goal to get back in the game. Who scored? Holden? Was, was it Holden the first goal? Yep. Yeah. That shot was like a, a, a nothing burger from the from the blue line. Like that's was, that's why that's what I say. Like it was like a like, curling rock. Coming it was. In. It was a curling rock. And the thing is, it went in the net. So these are the points that I'm trying to say. Stop trying to be so pretty all the time. That's what you do. The whole key to hockey and winning in the playoffs. It is so simple. You get traffic in front of the net and you shoot pucks that get tipped and deflected because if the goalie sees it, he's gonna save it. Bingo. Everybody has to make things so damn complicated. Oh, we're keep this simple. Stupid. Yes, I'm that's not how you win. I'm not going to complicate it. It's a Neanderthal game. Hey, hey Come I'm not going to complicate things. we got to take a commercial. We'll be right back. <laughs> SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Light the Lamp, Brian Blessing, Cam Stewart, Sirius, 204, the Sports Grid Radio Network. By the way, we also do the Light the Lamp podcast, available on all the podcast platforms and at Sports Grid. So we're talking about the NHL semifinals. Cam, I think probably a good starting point are the series prices, and some of them, or there's only two of them. Uh, boy, the dogs, the dogs will be barking if we get an upset. Oh, these dogs, Brian, like I talk about my dogs with rabies. <laughs> These dogs are also missing limbs, eyes. I don't know what I'm going to do. Like, they need some serious help. I'm going to have to, you know, take them and, and, and basically love them back to health because take a – okay, Brian, I'm on FanDuel right now. I'm just going to – we're going to play a game because it's fun. What do you think go, oh, the Vegas Golden Knights are favored uh, against Montreal? Like, what we, we do at Blessing uh, Stewart Sportsbook? And I'll tell you what the price is. I would have to believe as much – and I, I say this with respect to Montreal – can they win? Sure. The goalie's the great equalizer. It's a great story. They came out of the north. A lot of the stuff they've had to go through. The depth of Vegas, I it's excessive. It's it's in excess of four dollars, about four, four and a quarter. You're absolutely wow. You're actually good. Like I thought you were going to say. I thought this price would be around, even me being realistic, like three eighty. It's minus four forty. Okay. on FanDuel for Vegas. So the Vegas Golden Knights, minus 440 in the series. They should win the series. Montreal, if you like a big dog, they're plus 330. And you talk about the, the big equalizer in the goaltender. Let's remember, Brian, 
when Vegas played uh, Vancouver, a kid named Thatcher Demko played his best hockey, whatever, and that that was a scary series. Like, I don't think that's going to happen again against Montreal. But Carey Price is one of the best goaltenders and and is hot right now. I'm not sure this break is going to help Montreal that much. I know they played a lot of hockey, but when you're playing great hockey, you want to get back out there. You want to keep on playing because there's there's a rhythm to this thing. And now you got to go on the road in Vegas. And you're right. It's going to be a crazy atmosphere. But I still think it's a little bit inflated there. Minus four. Like, I had nothing around the $4 mark, but uh, minus 440 is crazy, bro. That's a, that's a big say, price. I'm going to say the same thing I said before Montreal-Toronto. And I, I'll say we said because we pretty much were of the same belief. Said, yeah, you know, I'm yeah, Toronto. But, you know, everybody's – nobody's giving Montreal a shot. I said – these guys might have something for them. And I, I thought it was going to go at least six. So I thought Montreal was going to compete with them. But for, you know, the Leafs to be drinking Epicac instead of Gatorade, <laughs> you know, that kind of helped. But th- the one thing about Montreal that I'll say, that people are, you know, like, oh, man, look at this. And Colorado had – and it's almost like it was like they were shining a light and a beacon into the sky. There's about a three-week stretch at the tail end of the season where Colorado looked really ordinary. Yes. I'm like, what's that all about? And, okay, so sure enough, it reared its head in the playoffs. Don't forget, Cam. You remember the first three, four weeks of the season? Montreal came out of the gate like a lightning bolt. They did. No one remembers it either because we just remember the middle that really sucked. And where Carey Price, Jake, uh, Jake Oh, Jake hey, Gallen, by the way, yeah, yeah. win the cup with a coaching change. How many times has that happened? Well, actually, hold on. Oh, what happened with St. Louis and Barube? Something just changed there in the coaching, correct? Yes, Barube took over midstream. Thank you. Pittsburgh. Was it for Mike? Was it Mike Yo? I, I, I forget Pitt, what it was. Pitt, yeah. Pittsburgh. Remember Pittsburgh? Uh, Bilesma, coach fired. Bilesma wins the cup. Bilesma. Yes. Pittsburgh, coach fired. Sullivan wins the cup. Mm. I mean, it happens a lot. No one's talking about this angle. I'm glad we brought it up. And I still love Claude Julian and stuff. And, you know, we got a little bit deeper into the story that it was just one of those things that the, <clears throat> I think the players don't really dislike. And it was just one of those things they needed a new message, right? Didn't agree with the move at the time. It actually really upset me. But let's give Ducharme credit. And we talked about Bergevin too, right, Brian? Like, this guy's made some really nice moves, like very underrated moves with Stahl and Corey Perry. And the one thing that Vegas should take seriously for Montreal, like Cole Caulfield, is becoming a star very quickly. His hockey IQ and, and position off the puck and his passing is like elite. It is like one of the best in the NHL, and he's a kid. And Nick Suzuki's really, really coming to his own. And they have a couple players that can, you know, do some real scary things. Vegas as a whole team. And the thing about Vegas is they have a significant advantage. They're so much more physical. Like Ve- Vegas is just, they're a tough team. Their defensive uh, depth is fantastic. Uh, it's going to be tough for Montreal. I think Montreal might win a couple games at the most, Brian, but I don't see it going more past six. I just think the price is pretty crazy. Like, even if you parlay it, you're still going to have to put, you know, a couple other things in there to get it to a number that you like. Well, here's – there's always a subplot, right, Cam? Always. And it's not a huge subplot, but it's a subplot nonetheless. No, actually, pardon me. It is – it's very big. You've got Max Pacioretty, the old Mm -hmm. captain of the Canadians, going against Montreal, which seems like an afterthought now. And, oh, by the way, 
for a long time, we've talked about Pacioretty, how they overpaid and all the assets they had accrued in the expansion draft. It ended up, at, here's what it all added up to get Max Pacioretty. If they win the cup, nobody's going to whine. But they ended up, it all added up to this. A first, two seconds, a third. Nick Suzuki and Thomas Tatar is what all added up for Max Pacioretty when it was all uh-huh. done. Okay. The irony is Cody Glass was drafted sixth overall, the first player drafted by the Golden Knights. And he's up and down, in and out, just trying to crack the lineup. Nick Suzuki, who they drafted 13th, and they moved him, and they, they loved Cody Glass. And you never know with these kids. Suzuki, who was drafted 13th, was part of the deal to go get Pacioretty. Look at him now. I mean, he'd be playing on Vegas' second line already. <laughs> if Suzuki was on Vegas, oh, God, it'd be like Montreal. You know, it's going to take everything they got to, to pull off one of the biggest miracles ever. But, no, he's, he's a special kid, Brian. And let me tell you, like, you, you, you watch Montreal, though, they're growing. And the only thing I could say, Vegas, is I know you've gone this far. They're not going to take these guys lightly. But they have a great mix of youth and veterans. And we talked about this. I was watching the Hockey Night in Canada broadcast, and uh, Kevin Bieksa, who's the uh, analyst who used to play for the Canucks, like he knows a couple guys, obviously, Ben Chariot and stuff. He's played with a few guys. He says, like, that Montreal room, like they talk to people, it's, like, really good. Some of these kids come in there, you know, they're a little bit cocky. There's a disconnect between the older and younger players, but it just seems like they've really figured it out, Brian, and that's a good thing. Team chemistry does amount for something. I know people can say, meh, you know, talent, I get it. It's number one, but you still have to have that. You got to go to war for the people that you play with. You got a hot goaltender. I'm just going to say this, like Montreal, they're not, I don't think they're going to win this series, but I don't think it's going to be easy either. I think people at Vegas need to understand that Montreal could give them a bigger fight than they think. You know, just to personalize it, Suzuki is drafted. They drafted Suzuki, Brandstrom. Eric Brandstrom was with Ottawa now. And yep. Glass. So these kids show up at the first developmental camp. And Cody Glass was the sixth overall pick going. He should be, like, flying around and be dominant out there. The, the most noticeable guys in the first developmental camp for Vegas, it's crazy how this worked out. It was a bunch of, you know, 50 guys that were out there. Keegan Colazar, who, what? And look what Colazar's playing. Love that kid. Alex Tuck was the best player on the ice in the developmental camp. And, you know, he'd come over from Minnesota. Nobody had ever heard of Alex Tuck. And he's dominating and flying around. And the other kid was Suzuki, who were the most notables in this developmental camp. It's amazing. Your eyes don't lie to you sometimes. But the crazy thing is, Cam, and, you know, it sucks getting old, kid. But yet, back to Caulfield, like, how long do you cook them? You know, when do you bring them up? Because Suzuki, that first year, you're interviewing these kids, right? The second year, they come back. A year later, I looked at this kid, and I'm like, oh, my God. Am I, I mean, how old am I? But the kid had gone from this baby-faced teenager, and in one year's time, you know, he's three inches taller. His face is completely – I mean, you know I mean? Like, literally, he was growing up right in front of your eyes. You're drafting these guys when they're still growing up. It's an inexact science. It is. And the thing is, Brian, you don't know. Like, I talked to Joel Ward – Remember Joel Ward, who used to play for the Nashville Predators, and he was like a playoff savant. Like, he was one of those guys that always showed up in the playoffs, like, way better than the regular season. This guy was playing double-A hockey, not even triple-A hockey. Like, you get my drift? Like, and then just continued to grow and grow and grow and then became a National Hockey League player. That's almost impossible to do, but the will, you could do it. And you're right. 
Like when I met Nugent Hopkins, when I was doing my um, journey of the cup, I thought he was literally like a kid that was getting these guys like donuts and coffee. Like I looked at him, I'm like, he looked Brian, like his suit, he was a stick. Like, you know what I mean? Acne just sitting there. I'm like, this is the first, this is the pick. This is what's happening here. Like, it was just so funny, right? He looked like he's about 11 years old. Couldn't even fit into his suit, but you're right. A lot of the time you're drafting these guys, they are kids and then they become men. And you know, you get, you get in the right situation. Think about Suzuki playing under a guy like Shea Weber, right? That's gotta be a real good, uh, a real good thing with the Caulfield, the same thing. And you brought up the best point. I think ever on the podcast that we need to talk about on the show. I didn't like Montreal for it early, but it turned out to be the best thing ever. They made Cockney Niami and Caulfield wait, gave them the hunger. And when they played, they played even better. It's like, guys, we're not just going to give this to you. And then it's a really dangerous game to play, but Montreal won the game. They did. No, they got it right. And, and honestly, you look at their lineup, no monster numbers here. But Toffoli, Suzuki, Eric Stahl, veteran guy comes in. He's having a moment or two, which can help you win a game. Armia has kind of grown up. He's not a lightning bolt, a, a points juggernaut. But Corey Perry, leadership. That What they did, Gallagher. And I'm telling you. What about Philip Deneau? He's another guy. Like, he's going to have to shut down Vegas' guy, and he can. He's like, the, that's the thing. Deneau's good. Deneau's good. He's their Mark Stone. Let's see what the Habs can do. When we come back, we're going to talk about the lightning and the Islanders, and that should be a good one. Having fun talking hockey. It's Light the Lamp, Sirius 204, the Sports Grid Radio Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. with you on Light the Lamp, and now we turn our attention to the Lightning and the Islanders. Brian Blessing and Cam Stewart, glad to be with you. The Lightning. Oh, the, let's do the series price, Cameron. Let's yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hi, everybody. I'm Cam Stewart. Welcome to Name That Price. Yeah, it's like I'm at the grocery store, right, Brian? There but I negotiate. I want that T-bone for $4. What, $16? No, no, no. I can name that order strip in two notes. <laughs> exactly. I really can. Yeah, if, if the game was called Name That Meat and Seafood, I think I'm the returning champ. But what do you think we got going on in this series? Actually, I think this price – isn't too bad. Like compare the Vegas one was inflated. I look at this one and go, yeah, okay, maybe a couple cents high. But what do you think Tampa Bay is, Brian? Series price on FanDuel Sportsbook. I am a huge believer in Barry Trotz. And Me too. what should Barry Trotz be worth in terms of value in the line for the series price? To me, this guy's worth his weight in gold. He can make adjustments. He should be worth 50 cents, which would bring the number down. Tampa Bay on a mission. They look like they want to repeat. Oh, by the way, the MVP of the league falls in their lap to start the playoffs. Kucherov, they're getting better every game. Yeesh. 
I would make it probably because I believe in trots. I'd shade it lower, like two seventy-five. My belief is it'd be it'd probably be a little over three bucks. No, you're not, Anshi Brian. It's actually crazy. Um, maybe because people in New York are actually back in the Islanders. Minus two fifty for Tampa Bay. I thought that was low too. I thought it would be three dollars, like two eighty-five, three dollars. That's the number that I looked at for that series. So Tampa Bay minus two fifty. The Islanders plus 200 quickly. I do have one quick thing to say before the series starts, and I'm not going to lie, like I'm not the biggest Lightning fan by any stretch of the imagination. We had Carolina, which really bothered me, but they're much, Tampa Bay full marks are a much better team, and Vasilevsky stood on his head. But we have an issue here, Brian, with the salary cap thing, and uh-huh. I need to – the NHL oh, basically – no, no, no. Are you, you turning into Dougie Hamilton here? Go ahead. I am. I am turning into Dougie Hamilton because when Go you ahead. think about it, so Tampa Bay is, what, $18 million, whatever they are over the cap, right, Brian? And Kucherov, because he was hurt, didn't play the whole time, but he just gets to come back in the playoffs because that is not against the cap. That's crap. That rule needs to be changed because how are you going to prove it? Like another team, you can get a shady doctor. You could do it. I'm surprised more people didn't pull a Tampa Bay and try that. Like You know who kind of did, honestly, who? is Vegas. And, yeah, Vegas did it to, now, a, to, to now, a lesser extent, right? But it cost it cost Vegas the President's Trophy because they, who wants the President's they, Trophy? Well, I mean, it would take a mallet <laughs> to it. But yeah. you know, the game that decided the President's Trophy when Colorado beat Vegas, Vegas yes. should have Vegas should have beat him. Grubauer beat him in that game. Couldn't beat him in the playoffs. But in that game, Cam, Vegas went three skaters short because they were had playing that cap game. Like, okay, well, when we get to the playoffs, it's not a problem. But it, it, the, the cap game that Vegas played cost them the President's Trophy. Tampa Bay played the game, and they didn't care about finishing first. They cared about Kucherov falling in their lap. So, you, you know, Brian, and I always say you should be working for the league, but don't you think that's not right? Why don't more teams do that then? If there's a flaw in the rules of the game and Tampa Bay doesn't have to deal with a cap and they have one of the best players in the league come back fresh – and not against the cap, you'd be a moron not to even have a star say, "Ah, eh, you know what? I got an injury." Well, you know how you fix it with a situation like this. You know how you fix it? You put a you put a deadline on it somehow that if a guy is on long term injury, uh huh, you know, either at the end of the year or with you know three games to go in the year or something, come back that he can't come back. Yeah, or or there's a caveat that if the guy actually gets you know got hurt because you know some of these long-term injuries cam it's like nudge nudge wink wink hey look exactly put, he could come back earlier don't, right don't pull your feet up man just you know go on the hammock we'll call you in a couple of weeks i agree and i'm not saying hey dougie hamilton i get it carolina you need to be better but i still think his point is valid but don't Tampa, you think more teams will do this because yes the, the I, cap, I think it, it's a problem for the up. game it's a problem for the game and i don't know I, I, me and you, like, we have to think about how to solve it, but I, you're right. There has to be a date involved. There has to be something. We, we could talk about this further in a different uh, episode, but it's wrong. because a, they guy, did, a guy that did not make one nickel this year, quote, air quotes, yeah. Kucherov yeah. played 11 playoff games and has 18 points. That's my point, Brian. he never counted against the cap. That's the thing. And another thing is, take a look at it. It's just positives from everywhere. He didn't have the season to get nicked up again. Think about all these other guys that had to play in these games to even get to where they are. And hockey is still a physical game, even in the regular season. I think it's crap, actually, that Tampa Bay got away with it. They get away with a lot. 
And um, I think we need this is something that needs to be fixed. But anyway, I want to get off my stupid soapbox. But no, trust it's, it's me, a good topic. We're right. It's wrong what, what's happening, and they got to find a way now, to do it. So let's Guys, deal, let's deal with the situation at hand before, yes. we, before we get to the Islanders. Because, yeah. Well, no, let's start with the Islanders. We'll yeah, go. let's do it. All right. Barry Trotz is the mad scientist. Love him. Because if you think about this, the Islanders, well, they got Palmieri and Zajac, and it never, it, nothing happened. There was no offensive impact. But it did work then in the playoffs. It did, you know why it didn't work in the regular season? Because the Islanders were playing games the way they play. All of a sudden, you look at this Boston series. Now, these guys are, like, really good in the playoffs. Trotz, right out of the gate, identified, and we spotted it early, Cam, on the podcast and the show the last couple of weeks. The Islanders are a counterpunch, clog the neutral zone, you know, good goaltending, will counterpunch special teams, and will we'll win with a defensive structure. And you're watching them against the Bruins going, my eyes aren't deceiving me. Watch this. The Islanders went for it. The Islanders said, Our, we have to generate offense. They went for it and played a more open style of hockey against Boston because Trotz identified, yeah, Marshawn, Pasternak, those guys are terrific. But our four lines, any one of the four lines can score if we unleash them. And Boston can only score with the top guys. And it worked. But that, it that's not, not going to work against Tampa. No, I it's think not. They got to go back to being the Islanders, where they try to frustrate Tampa. They can't get in a track meet with these guys the way they did against Boston. I don't think there's very many ways. The, the way the Islanders can win, there's only a few, right, Brian? Varlamov stands on his head. Uh, every single line gets production, but I think the key, and you know this, is the fourth line. Sazikas, Clutterbuck, uh, all Sizikas. those type of guys. They have to basically murder. Every time Tampa Bay's out there on the four check, like you saw what they did to Carlo, like that's what you got to do to Hedman, Chernak, all those guys. And Hedman is not 100%. And that's what I'm saying. Like, you know what I mean? And and this is part of the game. Sorry, Tampa. Like, you talk about you guys with flaws and you got some loose rules. When you do your things, the Islanders, they got to play a little bit of a dirty game. Tampa Bay's going to dirty it up. I think the Islanders have to dirty it up. And I, I, don't I am not going to feel the least bit sorry for Tampa because in yeah. the, the last three years, name me a dirtier team than Tampa. They're going to get none. a dose of their own medicine here. I hope so. And I hope Barry Trotz is there. Cassidy, the New York Saints. No, I know. Hey, buddy, I get it. But the thing is, referees, you guys got to realize Tampa Bay, me and Brian have been talking about it forever. They got more slewfurters per capita on that team, more <laughs> dirty elbows per capita on that team than anybody. But the Islanders, they're not afraid to play that game. Sasekis has that in them. Clutterbuck has that in them. And you know what? At least this is a bully in the schoolyard that Tampa Bay, if they punch, this team will punch back. Tampa Bay has, but you said it, Brian, way more offense. The power play, this is the difference, and I hate to say it. Carolina could have beat them five on five. The Islanders' power play, actually, we used to laugh at it. They're better without the extra man. It's been better, but Tampa Bay's power play is unstoppable. If the Islanders can stay out of the box, they actually have a chance to maybe win some games in overtime, grind it out. You're right. If they win, Brian, it's going to be like two to one games. Three to two at the most. You know what I mean? They have to win. Those. You can't get into a track meet with Tampa Bay or you're dead. You're the done. biggest bargoon in all of hockey. You know, Kucherov makes 9.5, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And doesn't have to play during the regular season. Well, 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 easy that, for the playoffs. Yeah. But you know what? The guy that's making just, is making just over mm-hmm. six, I'm telling you, to me, Kucherov may be the heart Braden, winner. Braden but, Point? But Brent Point is the most <laughs> yes. valuable player on that team. I agree. How clutch I, is this kid? He's so clutch, Brian. He's so good. 
all the other guys too. Remember like Johnson, he's like a fourth line player. He can still score a big goal. Cologne's, Cologne's dirty, but good. You know what I mean? They have all those guys on the team. Like I, I just look up and down Tampa Bay's roster. I'm like, oh God, this guy's good. This guy's good. This guy used to be good. He's still good. Old veterans. Here, like, here, let me just rattle uh, off names. Just let me rattle off names. Sorelli. A lot. Be, better Coleman, than average. Gore. Better than average. Tyler Johnson. Yeah. And, and, hey, oh, it's the playoffs. They have no week. They have oh, no like. It gets yeah. better. It's the playoffs. Oh, Pat Maroon. <laughs> Come yeah. on. They got every piece you need. You're right. Like they do. <laughs> They're basically the Islanders, but with more skill and tougher and a better goaltender. Hate Jay, to say it. How about, Bay is gonna... Cup, how about the Stanley Cup futures? Are you buying this? That Vegas is even money, but Tampa's plus 175. There's no way. Well, Vegas will have home ice. If they if they end up bumping into Tampa Bay, so because of the home ice, I guess maybe Vegas is maybe a twenty cent favorite just because of home ice. But I, if you ask me, I think Tampa Bay should be the favorite. Yeah, that's uh, a great number for Tampa Bay. And if you think they're going to win the series, and then you got them at that that price, you're getting a big plus money like that. Every guy you name, Brian, was better than average. Like just like good. Like they have no weak. Who's their yeah. weak link on? Who's their weak link on the team? Like I'm I, sorry, I, I, I didn't hear something crazy. Stamkos I, I didn't defensively, but he's one of the best offensive players. <laughs> I know. We just say that. Like that's their like. What is your weakness, Tampa? Well, Stamkos isn't a great two-way player, but he's also one of the best players in the world on the power play. Okay, that's you the argument. And I'm trying not to, and we you never should, and we say this all the time. Don't overreact to what you last witnessed. But I'm an eyeball guy. Take mm-hmm. analytics and just take a propane tank to it, please. Uh, See Toronto Maple Leafs in the dictionary. Yes. Uh, yeah. okay. Even Colorado. Like, okay. Yeah. Analytically, they're darlings. There's, there's no doubt about it. But, uh, you know, you just, you just think of guys that do play the game the right way uh, in, in every facet of it. But, like, a guy on the Islanders who's not an offensive juggernaut, but he's one of the keys to the series. I love the Sezekis kid. He's so impactful. You need the role players to win this war of attrition. And he's you, not, he's you not just a role player. Quest. It is a quest. And that's mm-hmm. how hard it is to win this thing. It's almost impossible. Basically, to win the Stanley Cup final, I talked to a lot of people about it. It's not even about the best team. It's about who gets hurt the least. It's like a war, right, Brian? Like, we're all getting hit and smashed and whatever. Like, how many soldiers do we have left at the end of the day? When St. Louis won, they basically – I don't think they were as good as that San Jose team that year, but you know what they did? They wore them down to the point of San Jose. Their will was broken. Didn't you see that with Colorado too? Sure. There was a point in that hey, game where I go, they're not coming back. You like know what? It's like their will has been broken. I looked at their body language. They're done. Right, we get about a, we get yeah. about a minute, but you know what, Cam? Listen, yeah. if you're going to get the defending champ, you better get them early. I, the funny thing, I have always said this, and people think I have 10 heads. I go, to me, the first round's the hardest one to win. Everybody's fresh as a daisy. Everybody believes. True. And once you win the first one, then you believe, and you can maybe go in a row. Pete DeBoer, in, in essence, last night, you know, on uh, Thursday night after the, uh, the series said, it's so hard to win just to get this far. And they're only halfway home. Exactly. No, you're absolutely great. And hey, man, I'm, I'm just hoping for great series. I know Tampa Bay and Vegas are huge, huge favorites, but crazy things happen in hockey, Brian. You know that. Buddy, this is going to be fun. We got a short segment. We're going to wrap it up and we'll give you the game one numbers and dive into it down to the final four. Light the lamp. Hey, if you're just joining us, the show re airs at 7 a.m. this morning. Always fun talking pucks with you on Sirius Channel 204 
and the Sports Grid Radio Network. Brian Blessing with Cam Stewart coming right back to Vegas. That's where I am. And we're yes. going to wrap up Light the Lamp. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Back to wrap up, light the lamp. Brian Blessing and Cam Stewart. Let's get down to brass tacks. Cammy, give me the FanDuel numbers for game one, Islanders and Lightning. Yeah, well, we gave you the series price, uh, Tampa Bay minus 250, but the Lightning minus 196 uh, favorites, Islanders plus 164 total, five and a half, plus 18 to the over, 44 cents to the under, Brian. And I kind of lean under, even with the big juice. You said the Islanders are going to have to slow it down. Buddy, you know me, and I'm riding with it until they – Oh, by the way, this is the first time these teams are seeing each other and God knows how long. It's a breath of fresh air. They're finally out of the division. True. I always love game one over before they know each other and hate each other. And you're giving me a nice plus price at over five and a half. It's not the way the Islanders want the series to go, but in game one, I'm looking for goals. Yeah, I might ride your wave, actually. You saw what happened in that Vegas-Colorado series. It was with Leonard and Nett, but those games still went over. So, yeah, I could buy into that. What do you think about uh, Vegas there, Brian? It's, it, it's a How lot for Montreal the... to ask to go in there and win that game. Yeah. But <laughs> here's what? Vegas is minus 260. You're giving me the Habs off a long layoff, plus 220. If, if Vegas was going to have a letdown – after beating Colorado, yeah, Montreal, maybe they do get a bump from the fans and, and get all checked and excited. That's a monster number. Two what about the total? Five and a half under 20. I'd probably go over. Yeah, maybe we take a shot with Montreal plus one and a half because they're such big dogs, right? Lose yeah. a heartbreak or something. I, I could buy into that. Well, it's been a wild hockey season. We've had great fun doing this uh, all year long with you here on Sirius 204 and the Sports Grid Radio Network. Again, the show will re-air if you're just jumping in. 7 a.m. this morning, another edition of light the lamp we'll play it right back boomerang it for you cammy it's going to be fun buddy we're down to the final four the home stretch and you know what next week we got to start talking about the expansion draft we do the blockbuster trades are going to be going on it's a great time of year cam you're the best i love you bud love you too bless yeah get cracking seattle cracking style get it's gonna cracking. be wild buddy <laughs> get, get cracking all right i love it Good stuff. It's the Later, buddy. four in the NHL, the Stanley Cup class. Always a treat to be with you. Check Cam out. He's on all over the network all week long. I do Vegas Sportsbook Radio, 2 to 4 Eastern, all throughout the week. Thanks for joining us on Light the Link. <laughs>